are live. Welcome to this week's Safer Than Your Average Health and Safety Podcast. We've got Dylan Skelhorn on the show today. Dylan, if you just want to introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, my name's Dylan Skelhorn. I have a company called Safety Up. I'm a motivational safety and keynote speaker. I work in the health and safety sector. I've been doing that for six years. Perfect. Thanks very much for coming on the show, Dylan. Um, you've got a really interesting story. I don't know if you've seen the format of my podcast before, but we like to just launch straight into it and start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? Tell us a bit about your early life. So I grew up in a place called Tillicutri in central Scotland. It's maybe about 10 miles from the city of Stirling. I uh, lived there most of my life up till 2014. Now stay in a place called Alawa, which is about four miles from there, so still in the same area. And... Uh, my life, I was a sort of physical guy. Uh, I used to go to the gym. I was a black belt in karate when I was 11 years old. Always active. Uh, a lot different to who I am now. Can you tell us a bit about your first job, Dylan? So, I'm a car fanatic. I love cars. And when I left the school, I left at 16, I wanted to be a mechanic. So, I got an apprenticeship as a, a motor mechanic. And I did that for about three years. Now, when I turned 18, I was still a mechanic and doing that job, and I joined the fire brigade as a retained firefighter. So I was doing that at the same time. And uh, I realised the mechanic side wasn't really for me. I wasn't going to do it for the rest of my life. I liked cars, loved cars, loved working on them, but didn't want to work on other people's sort of thing. So uh, I moved on to other jobs, and I've had a lot of jobs, uh, sort of casual jobs at the time, and uh, it's all been physical work. So can you talk us a bit through the rest of your career then, Dylan? So uh, I left the fire brigade six years later uh, due to health reasons. Uh, I'm, I'm now a type 1 diabetic and I wouldn't be able to do it anymore uh, for that reason. So I didn't do that anymore. I didn't realise it till about uh, 2011 just before I had an accident was when I was diagnosed and uh, it was sort of affecting my job. Now, I'd, I'd done lots of casual jobs, so I'd been a forklift driver, I'd done removals, delivering coal, uh, landscaper, uh, worked in a quarry, and when I worked in the quarry, I was a labourer, and I was sent on a, a safety course, a safety reps course, and that's when I started getting interested in safety. Now, Safety's always been in the background, you know, being a firefighter, as you can imagine, dynamic risk assessment, that sort of stuff, it's always there. I started to take an interest in it. And uh, I then ended up going to a job uh, where I had the accident. I was a solid fuel heating engineer, but I started that job as a labourer. And about a month into the job, my boss sent me on this course to, to be a heating engineer, and I passed it. And I did that for about two years until I had the accident that led me to where I am today. Uh, worked in this company, was doing solid fuel heating engineering, so installing stoves, chimney liners, that sort of stuff. We did roofing, wasn't really my side of it, but we did that as well. And uh, basically, one day I came into work in 2011, it was a Monday morning, and I'm sent to go and sweep chimneys. Now, it wasn't really my job. It's not something I did. I knew how to do it, but I'm sent to go and do this job because somebody's phoned in sick. Uh, they've been out to drink the night before. So I get sent on this job, me and my colleague, and we go up 
Uh, I go up onto this chimney stack, there's about maybe the fifth job of the day. And I'm standing on this chimney stack, sweeping the chimney, he's inside the house, and it collapses on me. And I fall about 33 feet, land on a garden wall, and I puncture my lung. And uh, I've broke my pelvis on both sides. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really badly injured. And that's kind of how I got into safety uh, after the accident. Uh, I literally, by accident, got into safety, if you know what I mean. So that's how what led up to the accident. And can you tell us a bit about the consequences of the accident, Dylan, and what happened from there? That's really powerful and really challenging, um, that event in your life. Yeah. So since the accident, uh, been a lot of challenges now. Obviously, physically, I'm not able to work physically anymore, and that's, like I say, what I've done up until then. So I knew I had to change my career. Uh, and, you know, you, you were getting told at the time, you know, you must start learning something else. You, you can't just, uh, you know, do nothing. And if you go to court for compensation, all these kind of things, they're going to ask you that, you know. I thought, well, I've had an accident. I can't do anything physical. I like safety. Maybe I should get into safety. Maybe I should stop this happening to somebody else, if, if I can. And they went in this uh, IOSH course, and uh, I just started going round sort of the uh, working well together places, things like that, uh, you know, the days that they hold, the shad days and stuff like that. And I started talking to people, and uh, I said, I'll, I'll come and speak about my accident, and I got into it that way. And uh, it just went from there on, it's just got bigger and bigger. I've uh, been doing it over six years now. Uh, started in 2014, and uh, I love doing it. And like I say, if, if I can stop it happening to somebody else, I've turned my negative into a positive. You know, it makes it worthwhile. When I love what I do, I get, you know, a good feeling from doing it. You know, uh, I'm passionate about it. Say, so maybe stop it to happen to other people. So it's a nice feeling. You know, it's it's, uh, and that's what it's all about. You know, changing. You know, okay, it's not a nice thing to happen, but. It happened, get on with it, move on, you know, don't don't dwell on it sort of thing, which a lot of people do, you know, and I'm just lucky. I think that I, I had, you know, this to go to and, and I made the effort to go and do it because a lot of people, you know, they go into that place uh, after an accident, it can go a, a different way, you know, so I'm really lucky in that respect. Yeah. And can you tell us a bit about how the accident affected your life, Dylan, after you had the accident and also a bit of the background to the accident, the lead up to it? and some of the information that you've told us in the past about it, some of the presentations I've been at with you? Yeah, physically, uh, you know, 40% disabled the class me as, uh, using crutches for a long time. Uh, I'm trying to get off them. Uh, I went down to one, but I still need it sometimes, and I'm trying to get off them because it, it really is, uh, you know, it impacts your life, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pain. Uh, so... I'm trying at the moment to do uh, yoga. I was, I was, I'd just registered to go and do that, and then this coronavirus kicked in, so it's had to be put on hold. Uh, I've been to physio. They basically signed me off, saying, you know, you're forty percent disabled for life. It's not going to get better. So I've got all these problems. I'm on a lot of pills. Uh, the pain's there all the time, and when I'm at home, I spend most of my time lying down, whether it's on the couch or on the bed, because it's the least painful way. For me to be sitting for too long, standing for too long, it gets painful. And that's going to be there with me for the rest of life. So, you know, all these physical uh, challenges that you've got. Other sides of it that a lot of people might not know about, you know, 
because you put a, a compensation claim in, you get people following you for insurance companies, you get, uh, you know, hassle, you, you've got to go here, you've got to go there, no matter what, how you feel that day or, you know, how uh, well you are physically, you must go to these appointments, these things, the physio, the doctors, and, you know, it, it's it's like you're still working, you know, you've got to get up every morning and, and go and do these things, so it, it's, it, it is, uh, you know, it, it's not a nice thing. Uh, there's all different sides to it. You know, like I say, I would say I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, I got through it, but a lot of people aren't, uh, and, and it affects people's mental health. Uh, what kept me going was just, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. That was the way I, I used to think, you know, this, this isn't forever, you know, it's, it's going to get better. But I was two and a half years until I, I got compensation. I, I was going to go to court, but I settled out of court. And until then, really, you can't do anything. You, you, you know, you... People following you, you don't want to go out, you can't really go out, you're in pain, all these kind of things. It just impacts your life. You know, uh, a mate of mine was talking to me the other day and uh, he wrote on Facebook, what, what the five top bands you'd want to see in your life? And I put, one of them I put, he said, I thought you'd have seen them. He says, well, when they were going, I had my accent. I couldn't, I couldn't go to them. Simple little things like that, you know, you can't go and watch a band uh, for whatever reason. You've got no money, you're in too much pain, uh, you know, all these kind of things so simple little things like that that you used to do in life you can't do it anymore and it has a big impact you don't realize it until it actually happens to you how much you miss things that you're used to you know yeah uh, so yeah all, all those kind of uh you know problems that you've got after the accident and that's what i, I always try and make people aware of you know uh i i got refused uh you know employment support allowance uh, at one point they stopped my money now I love my mum and dad at the time, that was okay. They could look after me, but some people haven't got that. You know, and I always say to people, you know, if it happened to you today, where would you be next week? Would you still pay the mortgage? Would you still pay the bills? Would your family still be there to help you? Would you be able to, you know, look after your family? Probably not uh, after an accident. So it, it has a big impact, not just on you, on everybody else in your life as well. Mm-hmm. Totally done. And can I just say congratulations? I've seen you speak. I've seen you out on site engaging with the frontline workforce as well as the management team to try and really promote that health and safety message about working at height and the wider health and safety on sites, explaining to people what the consequences are and how it can badly affect your life if things go wrong. And you took one of the most negative events in your life, which was having your accident, and turned it into a positive and really changed your career around and started to develop things from there. So well done on that. That's amazing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So if you want to just tell us a little bit more about where your career journey's then gone after your accident, Dylan, and you've moved into health and safety, a little bit more about the work that you do and how you get involved at a site level and with the management team and organisations. So, like I say, I've, I've been doing it over six years now, and at the start, as you can imagine, it, it, it took a while to take off, it was quiet, and you know, I started working for more and more companies. I met you, you got me in at Robertson, and then I, I worked for a company called Walmart Dixon as well, I was their safety ambassador, I did that for three years. Very proud of that, and uh, I work for a lot of big companies, mostly construction, but a lot of other companies as well, different industries. And uh, yeah, I just think it, it's, it's making a big difference. I, I do a lot of campaigns, uh, you know, Robertson got me in for a while there, doing a lot of campaigns with them. Uh, and it just 
you know, it, it, it makes that, that difference to the company. I can speak to the management, they get it. Speak to the guys on site, which I love doing, and they get it as well because, you know, they've been in my, or they are in my position, but I've been in their position, you know, uh, just, just a normal guy working, and you go out one day think everything's rosy, and then the next thing, your life's changed in an instant. You know, you're lying on the ground thinking you're dying. It's it's, it's mad, but it, that's that it's that quickly that it happens, you know. And you never think it's going to happen to you. And I never thought I was invincible. Never thought like that. But I thought I was a safe person. And it wouldn't happen to me because I'm a safe person. And a bit more of the background in my story, I had asked for a safety harness for the company I worked for. And I was basically told, you're not getting one, we've got dispensation to work at height without safety harnesses. Now, I knew that was wrong. And I'd actually made a plan to leave the company. I wanted to get out. And I thought, I'll just wait till the summer holidays and I'll leave. Uh, because I'll use the summer holidays, get paid then, you know, you get your holiday pay, to go and look for another job somewhere else, somewhere safe. Unfortunately, that day never came, like I say, bad circumstances. I come into work, somebody's been out to drink the night before, I have to go and do their job for them. Shouldn't have happened to me, really. It wasn't my job, but these things happen, and I want to make people aware of that, you know. This is how quick it can happen, and you might not think it's going to happen to you, but it can. Uh, so, yeah, so hopefully I'm changing people's opinions, uh, you know. I'm also an ambassador now to the No Falls Foundation, have been since it started in 2017, and I'm really proud to be part of that. Uh, you know, it's a big thing for me, it's not the fault, so hey. And basically what they're doing is, uh, you probably heard the Lighthouse Charity, they help people with had access in construction. Well, the No Falls Foundation is the same sort of thing, but for people who have had falls or height, so helping them out, whether it's financially, you know, getting them counselling, helping the family, uh, making adaptions to their house, that sort of stuff. So I'm really, really proud to be a part of that. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm doing that at the moment. That's excellent, Darren. Well done for doing that. That's fantastic. Um, it's really out there promoting the charitable side of things and really trying to help them develop and help people that have been caught up in industrial accidents. Yeah. If we move on a little bit now, Dylan, I wanted to talk to you about your biggest challenge in health and safety. What's it been so far in your career? I'd say the biggest challenge is to get people to listen. And the majority of people do listen, but some people don't. And you'll get those people that you go in somewhere and you speak and they say, it'll never happen to me. And I've had comments like, I've been doing this 35 years, never happened to me, I've never had an accident. Well, you know, it can happen any day. It can happen tomorrow, it can happen next week, whenever. And it's getting people to, to realise that, yeah, it can happen to you. And I think the things I talk about in my story and my presentations kind of relates to people because they think, oh, yeah, you know, I go to the gym. Imagine if I couldn't do that anymore. You know, uh, you know, imagine if, if I couldn't pay the bills, that sort of thing. So it does make them think, but you will always get that. And I know they call them the one percenters, where it, it won't happen to me. And I know some people like that personally who think it won't happen to me and, and say to them, you know, look at me, it will happen to me. Ah, but it will happen to me, you know. And it, it's just, I'd say that's my biggest challenge, getting people to listen and just take that in and think, right, I'm going to start doing it right, I'm going to start working safely, care about myself. And they do care about themselves, but they just, it's the way people do things, isn't it? They, sometimes it's the attitude, you know. So that and, and probably getting myself known at the start, you know, there's a challenge as well. Uh, you know, everything goes slow and you think, 
if people are going to listen to this, are they going to care? Uh, am I wasting my time? But thankfully, that's not been the case, and uh, it just takes time, and I've, I've, I've worked at it, so really proud of that. And you've done absolutely fantastic with it, Dylan, getting the message out there and getting around the country, speaking to businesses and organisations, telling them about your experiences and sharing them with the frontline workforce and the management team. So you're a busy guy, you travel about quite a lot and you've got a few roles just now. Do you want to talk a bit about them and tell us the roles that you're in at the moment? So, like I say, the, the No Falls Foundation, uh, I've, I've got a project on at the moment that has been for years. I'm, uh, I'm trying to, I'm developing a safety product and it's for, uh, you know, the Falls the hike sector. And that's in the background at the moment. Uh, I'm, I've got worldwide patents applied for. And that's all I can really say at the moment because who knows if these things will take off, but that's what I'm working on at the moment. As well as telling my story, I want to physically be able to stop accidents. You know, I can tell a story and then somebody can physically go out there and, and do something that, that makes them have the accident. And, and that's the next place I want to be. I want to stop it physically happening. And so this is an idea I thought of years ago before I even had the accident. Uh, because of the way I was made to work, I thought, why isn't that being developed? Why isn't that? available and I looked into it and it wasn't then I had the accident and I got put in the back burner because you know I've had the accident uh, your life changes but now I've been working on it for the last four years and hopefully one day it will be there uh, so like I say that's my other way of stop my accident something so I'm really looking forward to that Okay, thanks very much, Dylan. We're now going to move on to talk about where you see yourself progressing to in the future. So, still doing what I'm doing. I'd never want to stop doing the presentation. As long as people want me, I'll be there because I think it's so important. So many people are having accidents still. You know, they've got all this new technology coming out and we're still having stupid accidents as in, you know, doing silly things that, you know, we can get ground, we've got the right equipment, but we take the shortcut. So, still doing the, the, the presentations to stop these accidents happening. Uh, and like I say, as long as people want me to do it, I'll do it. And also, what I've just mentioned, uh, this product, if, if that, you know, uh, if that happens, if it comes to the market, I'd like to work on that as well. So, open another business as well. Like I say, I want to physically do something to stop accidents, not just I mean, I can talk all day about an accident, but it won't, like I say, physically stop somebody if they need that right equipment. PP is so important, you know, and sometimes people aren't given the right equipment, the right PP, and that's what happened to me, you know. Uh, I would have went out and bought it myself, but I wasn't allowed to, you know, and, and, and I couldn't find what I was looking for, and that's why I've, I've came up with this. So that's what I like to do in the future as well. But like I say, the presentations, as long as I can, really, is so important. There's not enough people doing it because most people that have accidents like mine, they're not around, you know, it's a high, uh, you know, height to fall from. Not everybody wants to do it, you know, not everybody's in that, that right mind to do it, you know. So uh, I think the more people that do it, the merrier, you know, the better it is for everyone. And it was quite a tall height that you fell from, Dylan. Can you tell us a little bit more about the lead up to the accident? What was going on with yourself and then how that came about? Yeah, so... A uh, two-storey house uh, in a, an area of Falkirk, and uh, my colleagues going inside, do the inside job, I'm going to do the top job. So 
we were told we must sweep chimneys from the top. Everybody else does it that I know of up and down the country. They do it for inside the house. It's safer, cleaner, easier. My boss insists on it being done this way. And like I said, I'd asked for a safety harness. I told we don't need them. We've got a dispensation for the HSE. So I'm up on the chimney stack and I'm sweeping away and I'm just finishing and I'm taking the last uh, chimney rod out and the copestone that I was standing on, I had to stand on the chimney stack to get to the, the pot. It just breaks on me and it splits into about four big pieces. And I go head first off the stack, down the roof, down the pitch of it, try my best to grab onto the roof ladder, couldn't damage my fingers, hands, went off the edge, straight down, so about 33 feet. But unfortunately for me, I land on a, a garden wall where, like, you know, the pillars with the sort of white copestone, that style. As I'm falling, I'm just seeing stones in the garden, thinking it'll be fine. And then I see grass on the other side. I'm going to land on that. Never even saw the wall. I think my brain's blanked it out for me and just hit it. And up the, re- the next thing I remember is the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. And I thought I was, I was on my way out. You know, I was dying. Uh, and, and I did prepare for that. You know, I just lay back, shut my eyes. I thought, a couple of minutes, I'm gone. I've never experienced this sort of pain, you know. Uh, Fortunately, I'm still here to tell the tale, but it could have been a lot worse if I'd been an inch or two, uh, you know, falling in a different position, an inch or two to either side, I would have hit my head. And for 33 feet, I definitely would never have had a chance, you know. Uh, I've seen a similar accident uh, that happened about a year later, near where minded, and the guy fell for about the same height, and he's now in a, a home, you know, and he, he's mentally, he's got brain damage, he doesn't know where he is. So I'm really, really lucky, you know, and when I hear stories like that, it makes me feel so lucky, you know, and, and, and I've got to really, you know, pass the message on, you know, look at me, look what could have happened, you know, don't do the same as me, you know, don't go down the same road. And that probably brings us neatly on to ask what guidance you would give to someone in health and safety starting out their career in health and safety today so that a similar accident doesn't occur. So I'd say ultimately, if you're going to go into health and safety, make sure you're passionate about it. Like anything in life that you're going to do, make sure you're passionate about it is what you want to do because if your heart's not in it, you're not really going to care, are you? It's just a job. It's a way of making money. But if you're passionate about it, you're, you are going to do something, you know, you're, you're going to stop, you're not going to walk by somebody doing something and say, you're going to stop them and do something about it. You know, you're going to enforce it because it, it means something to you. I think that's so important. And like I say, I'm passionate about what I do and I know you are. And, and, and that makes the difference. Otherwise, go and do something else, you know. Uh, like I say, when I started in the garage, I loved cars, but I knew I didn't want to fix other people's for the rest of my life. I like fixing my own, like working on my own cars, but I knew it wasn't going to be for me. But you stick out, obviously, at the time. But it was my heart wasn't in it, you know, for the rest of my day. So I think it's taken me all these years to find what I really like doing. But it's a strange way of getting there, you know, having the accident. But it, these things happen, you know. Uh, but like I say, I'm, I'm happy doing what I do now. So, yeah, just be passionate about it. Make sure it is really in there. And, you know, safety, it, it, it's a lot of effort to get your qualifications and, and get in the job. So, you know, why make all that effort and, and do all that stuff if you don't really care about it, you know? So just just make sure that's what you want. Sure, sure. That's brilliant, Darren. Um, one of the key kind of selling things, and I'm going to share this little story with you that I've probably not told you before. One of the kind of key selling things for me when I brought you in to do the first presentation when we worked at Robertson's together I got my operations director, shout out to Brian Pettigrew, if he's listening, Brian's a great guy, 
I got him and you pulled up in the car and got out to, to come onto the site and come and talk to talk to the guys that I'd organised the meeting for. And Brian said, you know something? He looks like all of the other guys on this site and he's yeah. really going to sell it to them because he's from the same age, the same background and relatively yeah. the same area. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I, I don't talk posh or anything like that. I'm no high flyer. I come in, I'm just a normal guy. I was a labourer. Uh, you know, I've done all these kind of jobs. I'm just I'm just like one of them. And I think that's why they get it, especially on the sites. You know, uh, you know, you can get that kind of laugh with a guy about a camaraderie because they know where you're coming from. You know, uh, if I had a, you know, an accent and a, another type of job, they might not get it. But because I was doing the same as them, physical work, labour and kind of building stuff, construction, they understand it, you know. What's the best feedback you've had, Dylan, on some of the sites from some of the people that you've presented to? One that sticks out all the time, I always remember it, is a guy came up to me and said, I was going to work off a ladder cleaning my gutters this weekend. I'm not doing it now. I'm going to get a scaffold coming in. I don't care how much it costs. That, I've had a few like that, but that one sticks in my head. I, I was going to do this. I'm not doing it now. I care about my family. You've made me think. You know, uh, I, I want to take my wee girl, uh, you know, uh, rollerblading or whatever, you know, at the weekend. I, I, I never thought about that, you know. They always come out with that. I never thought it would affect my family, you know, that kind of thing. So comments like that, you think, well, I might have changed that person's life. And you'll never know because the accident won't happen. Good. But just the fact of knowing that you might have stopped that happening, then if, you know, it's the old cliche, if, if I stop one person of the accident, it's worth it, isn't it? And it is. You know, if you spend your whole career saving one person's life, it's worth it. Yeah, totally, totally. And I probably, this is probably a difficult question as well, but I'm going to ask it. Being from a construction background myself, I know how difficult it can be sometimes presenting to site guys. Have you ever had any negative feedback and how did you deal with it? I've had the odd one, no many. Uh, one sticks in my mind uh, a couple of years ago and the guy was like, oh, you don't give a, you know what about us, you're only here to make money and stuff and uh, all this kind of stuff. I've been on sites before and, uh, you know, they don't they don't give a damn. I said, well, is that happening on this site? Because if it is, tell me right now and I'll go and see something right now, but I'll make sure. And he said, no, no, this site. And I said, well, I can only talk for this company. But he, he was saying, oh, you, you don't really care about us and this and that. I said, well, I've just told you that if any of you are on the same pills as me, I'm going to give you my email address at the end. Come and see me. I'll give you my email address and I'll send over you the side effects of the medication I'm on so that you don't go down the same road as me. And you can maybe go back to your doctor and say, is this affecting me? I've read this online. I've found it. This, this can be harmful. Why did I tell you that then if I don't care? I don't have to tell you that. I told you that because I care. I don't want you going down the same road as me. I don't want you affected like me. And then they kind of get it and then, they, they, you know, they get quiet again because it's like, oh, well, maybe he does care. So, you know, just, just you get the odd one or two. Uh, you get the odd one that doesn't want to be in there. But like I say, the other one percenters, most people listen. And you know what? If it was the other way around, 99% didn't listen to me, I wouldn't be doing it because what's the point? It's the fact that most people do listen and it is a good thing we do, you know, it, it helps and it makes it makes a difference, then it's worth it, isn't it? So it keeps you going, keeps you doing it. Definitely. Well, thanks very much for getting involved in the show, Dylan. Your story's very, very powerful. 
how do people get in touch with you if they want to get you on site, get you out, doing presentations for a frontline workforce or for a management team on occupational health and safety or on your accident? So I've got a website, uh, my company's called Safety Up. So it's www.safetyup.co.uk. So that's safety, U-P, all one word. And on there there's a, a contact form that you can uh, get in touch. And I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, uh, I've got a Facebook page. So you can, you can find me uh, on there. I Just Google Safety Up and, and you'll get my website as well. And Dylan comes highly recommended from the Safer Than Your Average podcast. He's excellent at presenting. We've done some great work together in the past and I hope to see you again soon in the future, Dylan, on some of the projects that I'll be working on, no doubt. Thanks very much, Blair. It's uh, been great. Thank you. Thanks for coming along. Thanks, Dylan. Cheers.